Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals, talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball through their unique lens and perspective in healthcare and what we can anticipate as a result. And today I'm here with Claudia Perez, nurse innovator, systems thinking, and healthcare transformation expert. Claudia, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about what you see coming around the next corner in healthcare. Wow. <laughs> what, a, what a great question. So we are now in October 2020. You know, if, if that question had come in January 2020 before the pandemic, what would I have said? I think the pandemic had really changed how people expect to, to be cared for. Um, I think for a long time, me as a nurse innovator um, have been fighting systems and uh, trying to help organizations to use virtual care as a system to deliver care. Uh, you know, sad that we had to have the pandemic to people understand that virtual care, it's really one of the best tools that we have to deliver care everywhere. People that live in uh, rural areas, people that uh, have a lack of uh, professionals that uh, have a large range of uh, disciplines. So you have so much more opportunities with virtual care. So where do I see you going is people are not going to go back to waiting in waiting rooms for hours when you can just have a quality clinician visit uh, at your hands. And uh, where I see that going, it's finally where we've been working for a long time, all the diagnostic tools that we need to have now in our hands. So I know that everybody has a thermometer in the house, but do you have a stethoscope that your cardiologist can hear your heartbeat? You know, so I, I just think that it's just going to change a lot as the <laughs> is the Netflix effect on, on Blockbuster. So I don't know. I, does that make sense, Bonnie? Yeah. So I love that. Let's dig into that a little bit deeper. Think about maybe different patient populations. What's the impact of that to um, senior or uh, aging aging patients? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. You know, uh, uh, we're being very, me and my husband, we're being very, very lucky to have our parents well, well in a life um, close to 80s and a couple of them over 80. And, uh, you know, they're, they're fine, but there are some things, you know, some chronic diseases like uh, high blood pressure, arthritis, 
um, you know, heart disease. So something that is minor, however, it needs to have care. And um, wow, it has changed their lives completely because now they can have finally virtual visits. You know, um, one of, you know, my, my mother-in-law lives in a rural area. So to go to her specialist, um, she needs to drive two hours each way to see her specialist. And uh, <laughs> I can tell you how many times she just got there and uh, the specialist said, oh, yeah, your blood work is fine. So she waited four hours and had to have somebody to drive her there to just get, oh, you're fine. Uh, type of results because they're just going to overview uh, lab results. So I do think we're going to be changing, you know, uh, caring, care, doing the right care at the right time at the right place. Yeah. So it sounds like it's really going to be a way to democratize care by making it more accessible, uh, potentially cheaper to bring to, to patients that need it. What's the impact if we go to the other end of the age spectrum from a pediatric perspective? What do you think that looks like? <laughs> well, uh, my kids are grown now, but I- I'm glad that I didn't have to be calling the doctor all the time. Um, you know, for one hand, I think I think it's, it's going to help to build a stronger relationship for, for kids as well. And I was joking about that. Of course, uh, we have great, you know, privilege to have great pediatricians and nurse practitioners that have been cared for, for my children. And uh, as a nurse as well, you know, just, just having the relationship with, with my patients. You know, I think there is a great opportunity. You know, nurses are leading right now and, and have this opportunity for nurses to lead this virtual care and really have those connections with the patients and, and start using their license, you know, to, to what they're being trained for. I think that would be fantastic, you know, for uh, for pediatrics as well and just having the opportunity to to nurses to do to do what they always knew that they could. So let's shift gears just a little bit and think about this from the provider perspective, right? We so often hear there's there's kind of a dance and a pushback, if you will, you know, between physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs, who's the right provider for what kind of service? How does something like, you know, telehealth through virtual care, how does that open that space up? Knowing that we don't, we're running into a, a nursing shortage, we're running into a primary care shortage. How does this, um, as a tool, how does virtual care actually make it easier for patients or consumers of healthcare to access these different provider groups? Yeah, great, great. I'm so glad you asked that question. I think. I think it's scarcity, you know, when you think about, oh, we're, you know, shortage, you know, scarcity and et cetera. It's all about find the right technology, right? So when you find the right technology, you can scale it and you can change that. Well, I guess the predicament, you know, or or the, what you thought that the future would bring when you have the right technology. So I think virtual visits is one of those. And I also think that, you know, uh, we have a great opportunity here uh, for all of the nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and physicians. You know, to do uh, to do the work. Um, I think that 
they're all qualified to do what they're being trained. So the, the nurse practitioners that are, had been trained to be pediatric nurse practitioners or uh, OB uh, or et cetera, I think they're being trained for that and they can provide excellent care. And the same goes to right. physician assistants and physicians. However, what we're changing here is the outcome measures. How are we measuring the outcomes? You know, the value-based care, right? So how, and, and that's the next step. So it, where I see it's going is there. How are we going to measure what we're getting from it? And I don't think the, the, the problem is getting from a nurse and practitioner or a physician. I think the problem is what outcomes and what best practices those uh, clinicians are using. And is that given the outcome that, that I want? I love that you're going here because I, I think that's a really interesting point. It certainly seems to me that based on the needs of patients or healthcare consumers, there is a more than enough demand, right? The question is, how do we ensure that we are providing the care that's necessary to get to the best outcomes at the right price point, right? So there may be different issues or different concerns that are uh, perhaps better treated or cared for by a specific targeted group. However, I think there's a lot of healthcare needs to go around. And by the way, there are millions of people in our country that are completely uncared for. So it seems as though there's a tremendous opportunity for everyone here to cooperate and ensure that every American has access to adequate care. Absolutely. Yes, to all, of, all, all that you said. And I think where we need to go now is for transformation of healthcare. One, transformation to the access, right? It will be the first one, making sure that everybody can access healthcare. And um, it will decrease our costs. You know, I, I know that uh, uh, there is a big conversations about, oh, e if we go to Medicare for all, et cetera, is going to increase our, our, our cost. Well, I think when you look at other nations and, and seeing the phenomenal work and delivering care to their, to their country, you know, how, how are they able, you know, take our neighbor here, Canada, you know, how are they able to do that? You know, so it is possible. Right. And the access, it starts with that, with the, the first, the first step. But I would say, I would like to say that, um, what we really need to understand is transformation is difficult. It happens the pandemic came and helped us to catalyze the adoption of virtual visits and telemedicine. But we're going to need to have another emergency to help leaders to transform. And in start rethinking on outcome measures and price points and et cetera. So I think we have a lot of transformation ahead of us. Well, and as you said, you know, truly innovating is extremely difficult and it requires everyone to participate in the process. Now, I'm going to shift gears here again on you a little bit. When I go out and sort of search for telehealth or virtual care providers. I literally just a while ago came up with a list of 20 and there are more than 20 that are out there that I can find online. Do you think there's a point in time that we actually have too many or is the market really just going to kind of take care of that itself through our typical 
almost capitalistic type approaches, whereas those that are the best are going to get bigger and buy up the smaller. And those that aren't so good are going to go out of business and shrink and go away. Yeah, no, that, that's a great that's a great point. I think I think we have the responsibility right now to be drafting what guidelines do we want to get from them. I think it is good to have the capitalism. I, li- I like that, you know, the supply and demand and see what is possible. But we also need to make sure that we have specific guidelines and protections for this is, you know, the re- one of the biggest reasons why um, people were afraid of uh, virtual visits was their privacy, right? And that's an important thing. That's a very important thing. So we have to make sure that those services are HIPAA compliant and all their guidelines out there, including outcome measures, you know? Um, are we going to have the responsibility if I see any any of those clinics? Are they going to follow up with me and see if I'm feeling better? Or is just like, oh, yes, I just bought something and now I'm done. You know, how are they going to do the continuum of care? Have they contacted my primary care physician and et cetera? So I do think it is a great option if you have like a sore throat and, you know, and you cannot get into your doctor that you have these options out there. But if it is something that, you know, how that uh, sore throat and uh, antibiotic that you're taking, you know, what could have happened to you if, if you don't have a follow-up and see if it had affected right. in other areas? Well, I just had a, yesterday I was actually talking with a, a group of nurses um, from a very prestigious uh, organization on the East Coast. And we were talking through sort of the implications of um, technology advancements and how it's going to change and impact nursing practice. One of the examples they gave is that um, it's kind of a one-off example. While they're employing much more telehealth when they discharge patients, uh, they actually had a patient that ended up getting readmitted and had two telehealth visits after the patient was discharged. And they felt as though there were things that were missed on those telehealth visits. And one of the issues was this patient was saying, everything's good. I feel good. Everything's great. And the patient was uh, in the hospital for something that left him with some mobility issues. So the person that was actually having the telehealth calls uh, never ask the patient to stand up and and mm-hmm. um, show how unstable or unsteady they were, which indicated that things weren't quite as they seemed, right? There still were some issues with this patient. So it was interesting because that patient then, you know, they kind of missed the fact that the patient had something going on. So my takeaway there is that we have tremendous opportunity to train all of our providers on the efficacy of telehealth and virtual care visits so that we can actually identify and um, visualize and isolate issues just as if they were sitting in front of us in an office. So I don't see that as a failure of telehealth. I see that as a failure of education. We have to get much better at how we teach people how to use these tools because the tools aren't going away. Yeah, yeah, education and improvement, right? Because we just know what we know, you know? What do you what they did not know is to have those guidelines, you know, if you're what do you need to evaluate for, right? And every time, I, yeah, I, I I agree with you, you know, uh 
it needs to have those guidelines and we need to keep on evolving and transforming to, to, to give the best care, which it is possible to do virtually. There is no, if the person was in person and the person also did not ask for that patient to walk, they also will not have known. So it's not a failure of virtual care. It is a failure of, you know, the, that clinician that did not do the assessment that they needed to do. So, uh, yeah, so, so it's not the tool, but I think, I think our biggest, you know, yes, we need to have those guidelines for calls and and they need to be evolving and learning every time and having those discussions about safety. But I think one of the biggest issues that I've seen in my career, it's really the barriers to adopt new innovation and, um, and helping those leaders to transform. And I think that is, you know, and and we start small, you can start small, but, you know, I think it's been very difficult for, uh, for many leaders to, to allow to go out there, right? Again, the pandemic was, was great for that. It just pushed you there. It pushed you over the edge. You needed to go there. And now that they did, it was like, wow, why I have not done this in a long time? Many of my physician colleagues that I've been fighting for years was like, try, you know, Virtual visits, virtual care, you're going to love it. And uh, they did not like it. They will come out and say, well, I'm going to wait until you can help self-driving cars because my population, they're, 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 you know, they're old and et cetera. So I think I, I, I prefer if there is, there is a self-driving car that can just bring them to me. And I can do my assessment. I think that, yeah, that was something that they it's fu- it's funny that you say that because even in my experience with um, you know, my my kids, any opportunity that we have to utilize a virtual care visit, we absolutely will do. It's so much mm-hmm. more convenient. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so much. I'm I've been pleased every time with the quality, the follow up, the outcome. And certainly the cost, right? And and nowadays oh, yeah. we actually can see you can shop the cost of the probably the top twenty or so telehealth providers because they're online. So literally, if your insurance doesn't cover a particular provider, you can actually shop the cash prices online, just like a menu. So I think that's an incredible service for healthcare consumers to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I and I think it's something that most people have access to. You know, I see I see the future going there, and I'm excited about it, and I'm excited to help leaders to transform and really know that in this new era of digital world, the old leadership that we had, the industrial era leadership, is not going to work. They need to do the you know, transformational leadership and have an all, all hands on deck. You know, it, the, the, the work of a leader has really, really changed with, with technology and, um, and becomes more of a servant leader, somebody that comes and takes the barriers than the operational leader that we had before. So, so that is where I know we need to work on. Yeah, I I would agree. I think there's a tremendous opportunity. Well, thank you so much, uh, Claudia, for sharing what you see around the next corner. I think there's a lot of value in us thinking about telehealth and virtual care, how they change not only our, our own practice, our careers, our lives impact those that we care for, uh, and, and certainly our loved ones as well. 
Claudia, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, yeah. I am on LinkedIn. I am on Twitter. And also, people can visit my website at uh, creativeshepartners.com, creativequypartners.com. And I thank, thank you so much for this opportunity, uh, Bonnie. This was a great conversation. And I feel that we just start in the tipping of the iceberg, you know, because there is so much transformation that is needed and what is coming out there. We just touch a little piece, but there is education, there is policies, and there is so much more. But I am excited about the future, and I would love to help anyone to transform that is looking into innovation or transformational leadership. Absolutely. Totally appreciate your time, Claudia. I am Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and remember to use innovation to your advantage and keep an eye out for what's around the next corner. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.